0: Yeah. you once again from the desert wasteland of Southern California. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the gory details of a Charles Band movie no one remembers because you demanded it. No one demanded this, by the way. Uh, We're going to talk about Parasite 1983. It's a 3D movie that is... Not known for anything at all, but you know what? We watched it. We took notes. So, God damn it, we're going to talk about it. And, of course, there's only one person I trust that if I need to make a, a parasite pop out of my tum-tum, she'll turn on the speakers really loud because someone said sound is what kills it. The one, the only,
1: Gina Radcliffe.
0: How are you doing today, Gina? Uh,
1: I'm good, but I, I want you to tell people the truth, Patrick about uh, what this was supposed to be scheduled for for animal attacks month yes uh, it was. and then i watched it and it sapped my will to live <laughs> and i messaged you and said i can't do this
0: <laughs> this is this has driven me to to crawl into a dark hole
1: <laughs> and this is and this is why you did the episode of tremors with becky and ollie yes. instead
0: Right. It was a it was a last minute uh, uh, shuffle that we went through. But, I, you know, I had fun showing uh, Tremors to my kiddo and I always enjoy having Becky on. But of course, I missed you. And then we were supposed to do Predator. And the shuffle on this has just is collapsed. Uh, I'm, we, I'm we, leaving- we
1: hear We hear you. We hear your pleas to do Predator.
0: <laughs> we we want to cover parasite. Or I'm sorry. We don't want to cover parasite. We are going to cover parasite. We want to cover Predator as much as you want to hear about it. But uh, we have a, a very nice guest that is supposed to be on the show. But you know, but I'm not going to say who it is because I already promised Predator. And look how that turned out. This started with a P as well. <laughs> so, what better way to celebrate nearly 300 episodes? Hundreds of movies, Uh, six years, more than half a decade, we have been doing this show. The only way to really celebrate a moment like that is to talk about the Charles Band 3D movie, Parasite. Of course. (laughs) Which... I think we covered uh, briefly in our 3D episode previous to us covering uh, Friday the
1: 13th 3D. Everything we we can say about it is, you know, could be encapsulated in the fact that we talked about Treasure of the Four Crowns longer (laughs) than we talked about Parasite.
0: And yet I thought, you know what, I have this lovely (laughs) 3D version of the movie and I watched it and took notes. In 3D, so wow. I dedicated myself to this very unattractive-looking motion picture, and God I, damn it, I'm going to yeah. talk about it.
1: I recall going to see this in the theater when I was about nine or ten, Ooh. because um, like my mom went through a phase where she really liked horror movies, so we saw most of the uh, the first. 3d revival sure. which we talked yeah. about in that episode 900 years ago <laughs> um
0: back when we were children
1: yes the the, the salad years <laughs> and i all i remember is the exploding face lady and and thinking wow this is really gross and i watch it now and in middle age i'm like wow that's really badly done
0: <laughs> it is not good
1: I mean, if you want to see if you want to see, you know, as you I believe you describe them, a burnt oven mitt. Yes, uh, with teeth. With bursting out of a rubber mask. Yeah. You know, enjoy.
0: It is spectacular in 3D. And when I say spectacular, I mean it looks like it was made for 10
1: cents. (laughs) Like the the mask was like the same mask that Chuck Connors wore in Taurus Trap. very much so it does
0: not look human at all and i know that they're all their juices are supposed to be sucked out of them by the parasite but this is it's it's (laughs) ungood all the effects in this are, are bargain basement and i think when you're talking about movies of this era we often invoke the charm rule this was charming i was charmed by this and I think this mo- motion picture, for the most part, is almost devoid of all charm.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. It's yeah, it's just an ugly film. You did, <laughs> you said there was nothing notable to say about it. I yeah, you know, I would say that if that's not entirely true. It does somehow implausibly mark the feature film debut of one Demi Moore. Yes. Uh she's terrible.
0: No, she is this is not her finest moment. And I'm glad she had other opportunities to display the talents that she had. But this is a a, a terrible mistake on her part. Oh and on well, let's just fucking get into it because
1: let's I mean, just let's, let's just rip that band-aid right off. Right.
0: <laughs> this opens in like a red mist void <laughs> where <laughs> you you spend three minutes staring at a guy panicking on a table in slow motion like the first rule of creating killer parasites in a life don't surprise somebody when they're putting tadpoles to bed <laughs> always a good rule of thumb he's just he's he's moving he's moving parasites from one thing to the other and the other guy is just like hey how you doing and just slaps him and parasites all over him he's like why <laughs>
1: now uh this actor who is the uh i guess uh, the hero
0: yeah i Uh, mean that's in big dick fingers that uh paul dean is a hero but yes
1: you you may be excited momentarily by thinking hey is that the actor that played winslow leach in fan with the paradise no
0: that's a good actor
1: it, it, it is not that actor it is a totally different guy
0: no uh paul dean here uh dr paul dean Uh, because he didn't spend all that time in in, uh, Dr. Parasite school to be called Mr., uh, is played by human sweat gland, Paul Gardini. Uh, Gardini actually had a career after this, but not really in acting, although he does show up here and there. But this I thought was interesting, especially given your perchance, Gina, he became a successful playwright, even penning a play. uh, Jack goes boating, which would, go on to become Philip Seymour Hoffman's directorial debut.
1: yes, that's correct. I did not know uh, he wrote that that that's a that's a much better accomplishment than starring as the hero of parasite, yeah,
0: <laughs> like that's what you want on your tombstone rather than star start in parasite kept sweating through entire production which is really what he does like he he could slide across the floor like a snail with the amount of liquid that's coming off of him at all times (laughs) gardini was compared by some of the creatives that you see in in interviews of the people behind this film as having a quote jeff goldblum like look i think they need glasses
1: that's that's extremely generous Yeah, to me he looks
0: like Peter Laurie if you put him through a taffy puller.
1: Yeah, it's when you see him on screen and also considering what happens to him, first you think, okay, this guy's gonna die soon. And then then it occurs to you, oh, he's the leading man.
0: (laughs) Right. You're you're hoping he goes somewhere, dies, and then the rest of the, the film picks up, but he stubbornly lives
1: like you 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 think that, given his look and and persona, that he's basically going to be patient X here,
0: yeah, and he should have been a pa-
1: yeah, where he just starts the whole infestation,
0: but for some reason, they're like, no, 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 everyone's gonna get behind Paul Dr. Paul Dean, who has been exposed to his own killer creation, So you know, th- what happens when you find yourself infested with your own you know scientifically created a parasite? you head off into the wasteland to find a cure, you know, the distant future of 1992.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. We forgot to mention this is like a post-apocalyptic 1992. I I don't don't even, I don't even remember if they explained what exactly happened.
0: Life happened. (laughs) I mean, this could be honestly, I am fucking flummoxed that we are so bad at planning. That this is our sixth anniversary, but coinciding with this, this is this movie's 40th and 30th anniversary, if you want to think about it that way. We live in a post-parasite 3D era. <laughs> and you know what? Some days it really feels like
1: it. Yeah, Oh, yeah. this definitely feels like some sort of post-apocalyptic world we're living in now.
0: Yeah, they never explain what happened or, or why it happened. It's just, it's the post, it's, I don't know, like shit happened, right? It's
1: It's one of those, it's one of those, you know, apocalypses that movies of the 80s really loved where it only appears that just white people survived.
0: hmm right. <laughs> uh, and yes, <laughs> with the exception, with the exception of one black actor that uh, they, oh, I don't think they're doing his character any services, but we will get to him. Paul, Doctor Paul Dean, uh, decides to drive himself in a white panel van into the middle of the desert, and he happens upon a workers' camp, where at first uh, he frightens a spider, and we <laughs> see that spider very close up, and then he wanders about with his laser gun, and he just so happens to interrupt a threesome's elaborate sex games. To have a slow motion fight scene where he's consistently outgunned by two guys without a gun, whereas he has one. I just <laughs> we do get to see one guy get shoved through a display of graham crackers and jelly beans because you know the future.
1: Yeah, well, you know that the jelly beans are currency in the, the post apocalyptic <laughs> exactly. world of 1991.
0: If you want to people, if you want to see people like fly through plexiglass in slow motion just watch the first five minutes of this movie with
1: like with like some really excellent broken glass sound effect
0: yeah right and it just it's uh emotionally inert uh we don't really understand what is going on here but then it turns out this couple like you think it's a rape situation but really what it is is they're uh I don't know. This is how they work it up to get it on together, I guess.
1: It is a true example of one's sex games becoming too elaborate.
0: (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) But there's a whole long fight scene where he throws one guy through a window, another guy through a door because, of course, 3D. And then they fight each other by a semi-abandoned pool and a rattlesnake gets involved. Again, a lot of threesomes, whether it's guy, guy, girl, or guy, guy, snake. It's it's a lot of three people involved. Yes. And eventually one guy gets bitten in the face. And then the girl's like, I'm not thanking you. I'm running away. Uh, so that happens. And then Paul is greeted by a local hermit who opines that he could probably sell the coffee he has for the outrageous price. Of five dollars,
1: <laughs> yeah, but in it, it, it post-apocalyptic nineteen ninety-one, that'd be like five dollars and twenty-five cents.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yes, I got uh, I got wistful at the very thought of paying five dollars for a coffee. But it's it's really nice. This place is is uh, really decorated. It, there's a couple spray-painted words like "No way." <laughs>
1: The slang of the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, it's gone to hell. There's plates everywhere and people have just, you know, in very legible handwriting have just spray painted no way on the window. You're like, oh, the future. Yeah, if you, if and there's turn, a lot of decorative if you, ladders.
1: If you turn around, somebody's, you know, put painted sit on it, Potsy, on like the side of a wall. <laughs>
0: At one point, Paul's gun is destroyed by a stick. That's right. His laser gun <laughs> is destroyed by a stick. That's how fucking out of it this asshole is.
1: He has one of those dissolving rays, like why like from the march him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then this one guy he's having, after he's had coffee, this other hobo, sex hobo, is trying to beat him now that he doesn't have a gun. And a Dr. Dean runs a pipe through him and then blood comes out of the pipe and it's coming at you, baby.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's just a little like impotent little kind of, kind of you know, <laughs> dribble, little, dribble. Little, little drip, drip, drip. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh I watched it in 3D. Um, it all looks cool until the blood starts coming out. And once again, once something goes below the frame, you lose the illusion of 3D. Uh what would you say is the better looking 3D movie? Jaws 3D or Parasite 3D?
1: I, think I mean, general- you didn't watch
0: either in 3D. But- right,
1: yeah. I think in, I think in general, uh, Jaws 3D... I mean, now, there are a couple scenes in Jaws 3D that look absolutely terrible. Like Whenever the,
0: the second unit director is in charge, all of a sudden... The screen clears up, yes.
1: Like like that, the scene with the submarine that just that yeah. looks absolutely terrible. But right, there are for the time there are a couple decent shots, and yeah. and, and I love the shitty charm of of the exploding shark at the end, and like sure. the 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 jaw, the spine, like flying out the screen, and it just kind of freezes for a second. Yeah, I I, yeah. Do, I do like that. There's there's no. You you shittily charming moment in this.
0: <laughs> just in just in case you were wondering, Patrick, are we sure that this is the distant future of nineteen ninety two? Well, you can tell because gas pumps have plexiglass pyramids on top of them.
1: What do the pyramids do? We don't know.
0: Nothing. Shit all. There's no point to plexiglass pyramids being on top of these gas pumps, and so it just. It's a scene that happens, and I don't know what we learn out of it other than the fact that Dr. Dean has silver on him, I guess, which is the currency of the time.
1: It's not Shelly He tries beans. to pay with a
0: fucking credit card.
1: <laughs> it's like he's been living in this laboratory for like nine years. Right, and completely missed that there was an apocalypse at some point. <laughs>
0: it's like, uh, I mean, are you sure you don't accept American Express? Dirty hobo who runs this gas station?
1: Have you have you seen my blockbuster card?
0: <laughs> I mean, do you accept Planet Fitness membership?
1: Is is Dallas still on? Did we ever find out who shot Jr. <laughs>
0: I would love to figure that out. If you could give me a quick rundown, if you could be my personal Wikipedia, I would love that. And I'm sure the audience who is demanding, you know, as soon as they saw Parasite 1982, they're like, oh my God, is the 3D fantastic? Well, in the next scene, we are treated to a foreground shot of glass grapes.
1: (laughs) Woo. I
0: mean, does it get any more futuristic than that? I, I, I don't think so. Uh,
1: yeah, it, uh, it, it makes the yo-yo scene from Friday 13th 3D look like something out of Avatar.
0: Looking forward to my, uh, quote, trade a broken calculator watch for a cold can of soup phase of my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm already saving up jelly beans.
0: <laughs> the the only future proof of currency. If you if you're mining Bitcoin, sorry everybody, you should have been in the jelly belly business. <laughs> uh, but this this cold can of soup is served up by Collins, a character we will see a couple of times. Uh, and Collins's idea of dinner convo is, "Hey, look at my facial scars."
1: I mean, you know. Yeah, everybody has, everybody has that scar conversation. <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> but it's like he just meets this person, and all of a sudden we're having that Jaws conversation that happens two hours into that movie, and he's like, let's just cut to the good part. Everybody, look at the scars on my face while you eat. <laughs> uh, we will soon learn that for whatever reason, he received these scars in New York, and everyone was like, oh, New York. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's gone. That's that's where that's worse than the, the New York and escape from New York.
0: Well, everyone was told to leave the Bronx and he didn't listen, I suppose. But wait a second, a breath of fresh air is about to enter the scene, right? If you if you weren't sold by the, the sweaty grandeur that is Dr. Dean or Collins, wait till you meet Rickus. Rickus is. In the middle of an apocalypse, but still complains about the music selection on a jukebox.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rickus watched uh, one of the Bad Max movies and said, How can I do that but cheap and shitty? <laughs>
0: right. It's almost like he scanned it or walked into the Road Warrior halfway through and goes, I get it. I'm going back to, for popcorn but really didn't pick up on any of the fine parts of what might be a gang leader from the apocalypse. I mean, as scary as it gets is when he eats a lemon, like it's an apple.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, which is something babies do when, when, when you, uh, I I don't know if you ever did this to Ollie, but it's always fun to give a baby a lemon slice and watch them make that little (laughs) face.
0: But I have, this is the first time I've seen someone take a whole fucking lemon and bite into it like it's an apple and just keep on chewing on that motherfucker and keep quote unquote acting. Mm.
1: Sure. If you want to call it that.
0: Sure. Um, And of course, does he have a gang? You're all asking. Of course. Rickus has a posse that includes professional TV. Second banana, Tom Villard, Uh, the lead singer of the runaways, Cherry Curry, the new cats lead singer, and, at the time, husband of Demi Moore, Freddie Moore. Now, had you ever heard of what the fucking New Cats were? No. I was led to believe, when I looked up New Cats and said, it's they were a new wave band that had a big hit. And I'm like, how come I've never heard of this hit? So I looked it up and listened to it, which is not really available on streaming platforms. I had to go to YouTube to find their music video. And it's called, quote, unquote, not a rumor, which I can report is also, quote, not a good song.
1: I am not surprised.
0: The new cats look like they're a failed experiment to recreate Paul Williams in a lab. Remember that scene in Alien Resurrection where they're trying to remake Ripley and they fail time and time again? That's what they're doing with Paul Williams. And every time it's like, no, no. Too big, too short, too wide, too weird.
1: I do like the uh, the names because I, I do think it's funny that they all have like sort of futuristic nicknames, even though this is only nine years in the future. <laughs> yeah. So you've got Rickus, Chill, yeah. Bo, Am, Zeke. Arn. And Dana. <laughs> Dana,
0: you know. Zeke. Crazy shit.
1: Uh, I and mean, let
0: your imagination run wild they've got a zeke and a Dana in the crew yeah
1: i i folks who who uh aren't patreon members and why aren't you uh, yeah you absolutely should we be. just we just did the movie uh which I will say is probably a little more obscure than this uh, <laughs> just a scotch uh alley cat in which um uh, the gang of thugs is led by a guy named Phil mm. so Phil would fit right in with this group.
0: Phil would be running this crew in probably five seconds. Like, everyone would go to beta if Phil walked into the fucking room. And as bad as Phil was at running a gang, he is fucking a Corleone next to Rick. <laughs> and even weirder as they kind of, like, come in here and push Collins around and start, like, hey, Dr. Dean, what are you doing in town? What do you got? But fucking Doctor Dean has brought a thermos of parasite into the diner.
1: Now, okay, admittedly, I watched this a while ago. Yeah, um, I it's kind of already faded from memory. Um, <laughs> so if if Patrick was it memorable to you, if if Patrick seems to be talking more than I am don't turn it don't turn into some sort of oh here's the man stepping all over the woman again it's really not that it's just I I really as soon as I finish watching it, it it instantly faded from memory but did he explain why he's carrying this thermos full of, of parasites around
0: well he is he has one in his tum tum
1: yeah that I remember I, I, I do remember that yeah
0: and he's keeping it at bay from growing any larger by constantly shooting himself in the in the tummy with a, a a plunger of yellow liquid, which look literally looks like he peed into a syringe and then is injecting himself with it.
1: I was going to say, from what I recall, it looks like. Uh, I, I guess they still have these for kids, but they, I think they were a big thing when we were young. The, the glow sticks. Yeah. Right. It looks. It looks like the fluid from a glow stick.
0: It looks like he's he's consumed a lot of Mountain Dew. Which Mountain Dew flavor doesn't matter. He he is racked with Mountain Dew, and it's the only thing keeping this parasite at bay. Why he decides to take it out of his fucking van and walk into a, a place where he's going to eat with this with a second parasite because he's going to use the second one to figure out how to kill it so that he can kill the one that's inside his Tum Tum. Sure.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: His tummy parasite. Now,
1: now you, now you. I should again. I'll mention you could have completely just made that up, and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> and then, and then the parasite yeah. rips out of his body, and 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 it does a uh, a drum solo to Van Halen's <laughs> "Top of the World." <laughs> right. Everybody wants some. I want some too. I was like, all right.
0: Okay, sure. <laughs> it, it would instantly make it more entertaining than the movie that's been delivered to us. Again, our sixth anniversary, everybody. It's all led up to this.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's the randomness of our choices that that you folks enjoy the most from us. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and so we learn that the lemons that Rickus has decided to eat whole uh, to avoid scurvy, I have to believe were brought into the diner by Patricia, played by a pre-Brat Pack Demi Moore. And, oh my God, I thank God she did more work than this, because this is terrible.
1: She looks just befuddled from, from <laughs> start to end. It's like she woke up on the set, and someone pushed her in front of the camera, and, and like, you know, go ahead, act. <laughs> and, 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 and that's what resulted.
0: Just take these lemons into the diner. But I don't know have a script. Nobody has a script to me. Get in there and sell those lemons, baby. And she's like, all right, my husband that I'm going to divorce two seconds after this movie is done is in there. So I guess I'll come too." It's almost like she either he got the role by default or she got the role by default. Either way they both play their roles. Like they got them by default.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like one of those stories about like, uh, remember when, um, the story about, uh, the Johnny Depp, uh, <laughs> it, uh, auditioned for, uh, well, no, he went on an audition with Jackie Earl Haley, who uh, rather implausibly auditioned for Johnny Depp's role. What would eventually go to Johnny Depp? And, yeah. and he was just kind of along for shits and giggles. And, uh, <laughs> the casting director said, we don't want you. Yeah. We'll take him. Right. <laughs> now, that, that, I don't know if they're still friends today or not, but, uh,
0: I, I want to say, I want the, the best for Jackie Earl Haley. That oh yeah. Doesn't yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't having it to be hit. saddled with a fucking wine vampire.
1: But yeah, this feels like, I, I don't know if Freddie Moore or Demi Moore, which one of them auditioned for this and said, all right, can we get a twofer? You know, how about we, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's gotta be her. Because her role is much larger than his. Yeah. And they're like, well, who are we gonna get to play orange? Like, uh, how about my uh, hubby? He's not I, doing he's not doing anything right now.
0: I have a blonde troll doll on steroids. Could <laughs> he be in this movie? And like, sure. Get him in here immediately. And so uh Rickus's group of uh bespoke solar babies then go on to assault Dr. Paul, steal that thermos, and Then take him and the parasite to an abandoned garage that is decorated with aluminum foil hanging from a rod and a Ford Pinto with the phrase, quote, Raygun's rules spray painted (laughs) on the side.
1: With the quote, uh, uh, I like Ike sprayed on it.
0: (laughs) I mean... This really does go out of its way to tell you, we ran out of imagination at the idea of a parasite in 3D. Oh, my God. Just, the, the
1: post-apocalyptic, like, the, like, production design. I mean, half ass doesn't even begin to cover it.
0: <laughs> yes. Tom Villiard, who has kind of a tragic history. He's a very odd presence in many of the the movies and television shows that he's in. He's, he's very unique, but here... He's consistently acting like Big Bird without all the fancy feathers.
1: Yeah, I don't know why or how or when he was recruited into this post-apocalyptic gang of thugs.
0: Yeah. I think because of what his actions are next, which is he's got the guts to reach right into that thermos and come up with a spring-loaded snot glob that starts to burn through his shoulder.
1: Like, what would you expect to happen when you when you dig into a thermos? Are you going to pull in a handful of vegetable soup?
0: <laughs> and he's telling you, don't reach into that thing. That is a very bad idea. And then it just starts to sear through his skin. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you're like, oh, okay. Now we're going to have a whole alien sequence where, like, burrows into his body or, you know, takes over his face. Or, you know, what's going to happen? And, uh... Parasite 3D is like, hold on, to your buckle up, everybody. Fade to black, the <laughs> ultimate <in> 3D <laughs> horror.
1: I wish we were watching Fade to Black again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh boy, boy, boy. Um, if you're wondering, yes, Demi Moore's bangs do pop out in 3D. You can you can see the separation between her hairline and the plane of of that extra dimension.
1: Yeah, uh, we forgot to mention that that she is surviving uh, in a post-apocalyptic universe by growing lemon trees.
0: Yes, and yeah. harvesting the lemons and selling them to a guy who has spare cans of cold beans. And somehow she's able to survive.
1: I, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, after, after the nuclear holocaust, the only things left to, to, to eat and drink were beans and lemonade. no one has a
0: single glass of water in this whole fucking movie i don't know how they live
1: which is good because i like lemonade so i'll be be all right
0: (laughs) so tom billiard i think i primarily knew him uh from tv and then as clay stork from one crazy summer
1: yeah there's Uh, that he's He's, a he's the villain in popcorn which oh, we, really? Yeah, which we should, we should cover that at some point.
0: We should cover popcorn. Yeah, I own he, popcorn and I've never made it past the first 30 minutes. I just to, due to fake. Not because I don't want to, but it's a movie that I will start or it comes on shutter or something like that. And I'm like, okay, today's the day I watch popcorn. And life is like. Fuck no. You're never going to understand why there's reggae music in the middle of this. What is supposedly happening in the continental United States.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good flick. It was, you know, uh, it was one of those movies, kind of like the Beastmaster, that was on cable a lot uh, in the yeah. early 90s. that just immediately disappeared into obscurity.
0: Yeah. Um, but uh, I... Trying to think of who put it out. I think it might be Synapse put out a very nice Blu-ray of it. It looks like a million dollars, but you're absolutely right. We should we should cover that movie because it's it's a slasher and it seems like it has some interesting characters in the middle of the Caribbean for no particular reason. And then it gets uh acid trippy uh all of a sudden and um it's like there's a cult leader. I guess Tom Villard is the cult
1: leader in it? Well, it's, no, it's, like, not quite an anthology. It's, it's oh, a, they're okay. doing, like, an an all-night, this, this movie theater, everything takes place, and they're doing, like, an all-night uh, horror movie festival. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think these are the, I think what you're talking about is the different clips of the movies they show. Okay. Because uh, there's that
0: one movie that it's the real that they're not supposed to watch, which, you know, has, like, this weird acid trip in the middle of it.
1: But but there's also some like Mission Impossible like you know oh you know this looks like a a normal human face but oh it's a mask it's a really good mask man (laughs) (laughs) I ain't never seen no shit like that.
0: Tom Belliard unfortunately uh, passed in 1994 well before his time, due to complications connected with AIDS. He was an out uh, actor in a time where not a lot of actors were out. Um, and it's a real shame that he's not around. You can primarily blame Ronald Reagan for not getting off his ass ass and helping human beings who are in desperate need. But there we go. Uh, but he was truly one of the twitchiest fucking actors to do it. And unfortunately, we lose him too soon in this movie because as soon as that parasite attaches to his arm, he's just like wrapped in a blanket. He, he gets hollowed out by the parasite. And then the parasite's like, I'm moving on, like he meant nothing. That parasite is a real fuck boy.
1: <laughs> Comes in, does his business, goes goes on. <laughs> he
0: says, "What else? What other fresh meat can I latch myself onto?" And wouldn't you know it? He's got a real rock and roller on on the peg. Uh, Cherry Curry, um, she gets lamp raid on the leg and immediately gets a uh, ghoul makeup put on. She immediately whites out real fast.
1: Yeah, it's not only just that that these uh the, the parasites you know they get inside you they'll they'll eventually burst out of your body. Yeah. yeah. Al- also, they're 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 tiny little gross vampires too. Where where <laughs> you know all they have to do is bite you and and yeah. you'll come down with whatever affliction they have. Again, none of this is explained. No. L- we don't know where the parasites came from. If if they're a lab creation, it's just they they've been studying them.
0: Yes. That is one of my big questions, right? Because they have these six octopus suckers on the bottom of them, and but they have a mouthful of teeth, but it uses its suckers to eat. So what evolutionary purpose do those set of choppers have? Like to look good in school photos?
1: They're eating lemons, obviously.
0: (laughs) They're they're hungry for the tart goodness of a nice lemon. They Um, they
1: sustain themselves on a diet of lemons and jelly beans. (laughs)
0: Um, Have we mentioned a character by the name of Wolf the Merchant? No, because I barely fucking remember who this
1: is. Again, I don't know who this character is. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, I just know that he's vaguely an antagonist.
0: Yes. And he's very much into, you know, come finding Dr. Dane. And he also has a quick draw lightsaber. That's pretty cool.
1: I, I appreciate that... Uh while everybody else is in post-apocalyptic, let's say kind of a, like a half-assed Mad Max thing with like leather chaps and vests with no shirts on, and, and yeah. you know, lots of punk spikes. Uh, uh, Wolf the uh, what the hell they called Wolf the Merchant is Wolf wearing that merchant. like that like eighty-two Botany Five Hundred suit. Yeah, yeah, you know, the kind <laughs> that's around. The, the I, I bet your dad had one when he went to work.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Johnny Carson
1: collection. You
0: know? <laughs> he looks very smart. He's got a three piece suit on, and he cuts off Demi Moore's husband's ear with it, uh, with that lightsaber. So that that's pretty cool because uh, he's a real dork, Demi Moore's ex husband. Um, <laughs> I don't really understand the appeal there. Yeah. Uh, he must have been. He must have had a wild personality. That I've never seen.
1: Yeah, Bruce Wolves with a definite upgrade after that.
0: Oh, yeah. Wolf the Merchant arrives in the car from the future, but it also can't decide how the car is supposed to sound. Because at certain points, it sounds like it's a Formula One racer. And at other points, it sounds like a Tesla backing up. It just can't figure out which one of those things it is. <laughs>
1: It's futuristic, Patrick. That's all you need to know.
0: Truly. Um, And Wolf uh, is seeking Dr. Dean to get that parasite back because I guess they created it in the corporate lab and they want it back for fucking reasons. Because how do you, again, I don't know how this corporation makes money in a future where no one has any fucking money or food
1: Have we mentioned uh, the old lady yet who seems to have come out of a Tennessee Williams play? We have not. (laughs) She's running a rooming house in this post-apocalyptic era?
0: A rooming house that simply allows her to go in check out other people's stuff and then scurry away before they arrive again
1: yeah running running a boarding house in 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 an era where people are you know living in like a wooden box and tar paper for a house <laughs> right
0: <laughs> um she was a, a big deal actress um her name is Vivian Blaine um she was in she was Miss Adelaide in guys and dolls now I don't think she voiced Miss Adelaide I think that was I think that singing was done by somebody else, but she was like in state fair, you know, she was in all sorts of movies from the forties and fifties on. And here they're sort of, you know, giving the impression that once upon a time she was a bit, she's essentially acting as herself in the apocalypse. Right. Uh, She was according to IMDB, a clothes horse involved in the apparel industry. And she appeared on many best dressed women in America lists from 1973 to 1983. And then they saw Parasite and immediately stopped including her in those lists.
1: They they withdrew all her awards. (laughs) They came to her house and collected all of them.
0: Uh, She is a wild fucking character who does next to nothing other than, well, we'll get to her death because I have a whole thing about it. So um, Wolf finds Patricia And slaps the fuck out of her trying to find Dr. Dean. And he punches her out in her own lemon grove. And then he gets jumped by Rickus, who just keeps popping up places. I guess looking for Dr. Dean in the hopes that Dr. Dean could figure out this parasite they robbed of him. Like, how do you kill it? (laughs) But it's like three straight minutes of people walking up to one another, getting punched out. And then flopping into their car or house. It's like everyone punches somebody. They hit the ground and then they walk away from each other. And someone else punches somebody. And you're like, "What? How does this help? Is are you getting paid by the minute? Did this have to clear eighty minutes in order to qualify as a movie? Why is this happening?"
1: Yeah, everybody gets some sort of massive head injury, and of course they're fine. They're good. Yeah, everything's all right. Everything's chill.
0: This is the part of the movie where Paul you know, blissfully disappears. So you don't have to look at him. Where did he go? Did he hop down to the quickie mart? Was he shitting in the wilderness? We'll never know. <laughs> but uh, the, the lady who runs the boarding house, Miss um, uh, Elizabeth Daly, as she is now, <laughs> and she introduces herself. Uh, it really doesn't help this film's case that everyone in contact with the parasite begins to, have this pancake blue and white makeup look on themselves.
1: I guess they're like kind of leeches too.
0: Yeah. I think they're draining them of their life force and their blood. So they all begin to take on a remake of baby Jane, whatever happened to baby Jane style look.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's less like, you know, you're pale and withering away and more like a little kid, you know, went nuts with the makeup bag on mommy's face.
0: Yes. But they bring Cherry Curry uh to that hotel. <laughs> she looks terrible. And the parasite just kind of like lulls off of her and then bites her leg just to wake her up. Uh but then they're like, "Okay, you rest. You rest up. <laughs> We're going to find a doctor. We're going to find somebody for you." And then it just kind of leaves her and begins to crawl up a wall just beyond Mrs. Daly's, you know, purview. And then when she it climbs up to the ceiling and you can kind of tell, like, all right, we're reaching the sequence where they sold this movie to whatever foreign investor was willing to, to part with $200,000. It goes up to the ceiling and it starts um, dripping blue talkie juice on, the, on her hand. <laughs> it's, like, it's like gravy that you mixed in Starbursts into. It's very odd. Uh, but, of course, she looks up, like, what the hell is that? And this fucker sky hooks off the ceiling, quite literally. It's like it's doing a back dive. Swan dives into her fucking face. Do we see it hit her? Do we know what happens? No. Fade to black. <laughs> I just, like, she rolls over on the ground and... If this look isn't like a homage to the drop of water lady from Black Sabbath, it's a fucking miracle because she just looks like a, a doll of a person. And then the parasite bursts through her face. Why?
1: Why not? I, I do think it's, oh, you thought alien was, was, was scary. Try this off for size.
0: Yeah, this this alien is is not some kind of puss who just comes through your chest. This alien comes right through your face once. And that's all you get because that's all we can afford. (laughs) And then, like, the movie very quickly just decides that Dr. Dean needs a solution. He finally shows back up in the movie and is like, Patricia, I'm sorry I got you punched in the face several times. But I, I have an idea. Sound will kill the parasite.
1: How they didn't figure this out in the laboratory... I am, again, not explained.
0: Why did he have to drive into the desert to have this fucking epiphany? Does does he experiment? Is this this something he's repeated? Like, I know some kind of vibration will kill it, or uh, drugs won't do it, but there's got to be an outside stimuli it can't handle. None of this. He just walks into a scene, she's covered in bruises because she's been taking fucking punches for him, and he's like, Hey, let's get us our, ourselves to a stereo and <laughs> let's kill ourselves some fucking parasites. <laughs> She's like, okay. And
1: <laughs> sure. And like I said, let, let me emphasize again that, that Demi Moore, God lover, never changes the expression on her face.
0: It never, it, nothing seems to truly affect her, uh, whether it's growing lemons, getting punched in the face withstanding the sonic assault of this uh, of this sound that's supposed to kill the parasite she's just kind of like hey i've got a kicky haircut uh does this work and i don't fucking blame her because she was probably paid five dollars and lunch and lunch was not good
1: lunch was the uh fire festival bologna and cheese sandwich
0: have i mentioned that paul has an ex Extended fight with wolf the the merchant that barely contains any violence they're basically playing hide and seek in a house and you're like what the fuck is going on
1: yeah they this is they're very proud of their fight scenes in this it's this this movie is about 55 fight scenes
0: yes and, the, and none of them are good
1: the other 45 percent is sweaty people
0: I, it should be noted that paul is doing all of this when I can only describe as Tobias Funke blew himself makeup. (laughs) I mean, it is dire the look that he has throughout this and it just, he's our fucking hero and he looks terrible. And then they put makeup on him. Like he shows up, they look at a, a dead body with its face blown open and he has this extension extended, like, Oh, don't we're we're fighting the parasite and we're finding fighting wolf, but none of it is thrilling, none of it is interesting. You see a lot of blood slime trails from the parasite, and it's just not fucking exciting at all. I, I really wish it was as exciting as the glass grapes we're forced to look at over and over again.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you're doing the whole river um uh bachelor party when they have the 3D movie.
0: You sure.
1: And, and, and you got the couple up front and the, and the, and the, the guy's like, wow, this 3D is great. And yeah. the woman's like, I seem better. And like a fist, cause I was like, actually punches her in the nose. I, yeah. I, I think that like in had you know, at some point with all the fight scenes that they had somebody throwing a fist at the camera and doing yeah. that in 3D. It, it, you know, it would probably be just as crappy as the rest of the, yeah, you know, 3D in this, but at least it's okay. That's the that's the payoff for so many fight scenes.
0: Yeah. It doesn't really have the epic send-off of something like an alien when you defeat a parasite by wrapping him in a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it doesn't it doesn't really come across as something super cool. Also Rickus gets killed in a basement. He just, like, gets lasered in the tum-tum, and he falls asleep, and you're like, why are this? And they keep trying to give Rickus a backstory, like, he was this genetic slave in a, in Los Angeles, and they w- almost worked him to death, and then he escaped, and he has this weird reverence for Wolf, and it, I, I don't know, man, it doesn't really do much.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, um... That Rickus, you know, they wrote the script. He was always supposed to be like a secondary antagonist. Yeah. And then, then they decided, no, you know, halfway through the movie, let's suddenly make him into a secondary hero.
0: And, and he does nothing heroic. Meanwhile, you know, Dr. Dean's superpowers throwing people through shit. So once Wolf the Merchant gets a parasite to the face while they're wrestling on the ground, the rattlesnake in the previous fight was somehow a... Uh, precursor to this, but Wolf like gets thrown through a railing, <laughs> hits shit wood and then the ground, and then rolls onto a conveniently placed gas tank. and then Demi Moore is like, time to fucking blow this shit up. It's the last gas we have and she blows that motherfucker sky high. And it's the best 3D effect in the entire movie because fire looks cool. Well, yeah. And then fucking Dr. Dean starts hugging her like, we did it. And it's like, <laughs> motherfucker, I don't like you that much. You are literally one of the last men on earth. And I'm like, pass.
1: Right. It's like, this is this is what I'm <laughs> stuck with.
0: Uh, they do have a nice uh, extended fire burn scene where... The, the stuntman who's subbing for Wolf Is in a giant fire suit Like somehow he's gained 50 pounds of clothes Where you're like I don't know guys on fire uh, Is that going to entertain you? Um, not the best uh, But it's okay They got a nice burnt skeleton But it doesn't want to give you a hug like Amityville 3D <laughs> But all of a sudden, like, Dr. Dean gets his coloring back. And,
1: yeah, he's miraculously yeah. cured. He, he's he, he, all, <laughs> he had this thing, like, you know, swimming through his body and, and about to burst out at any minute. And, and, but he's fine now. It's cool. Yeah. He's good.
0: He gave himself a sonic bath. That's all he needed. And then they give a nice big close-up to a burnt skeleton. And then somehow a close-up of the fucking parasite and he's like how you doing everybody he's like where's this fucking parasite like is that inside of him isn't it inside the burnt corpse where is this taking place
1: I, I would have loved it if they did a, like a close-up of uh, Dr. Dean's stomach and like mm-hmm. it did that like like cartoon where it kind of does a little fade in and shows you what's in their stomach and then it like closes <laughs>
0: I mean, it really should, like, put on a top hat and start going, hello, my baby, hello. Oh my, my
1: God, it would have made it so much more. I, there's so many things they could have done that would have made this a so much better Booby.
0: Yes. Uh, why this has not been covered by Mystery Science Theater 3000, I do not know. It's the only thing that would make it vaguely entertaining. If you're asking me, should I watch Parasite? No. The answer is no,
1: <laughs> I, I think the biggest problem, besides it, it's you know rock bottom production values, is it takes itself very seriously. Yeah, I, I, I think that the people behind it and, it, and it's it's a Charles Band movie, right? Which you know, far be it from Charles Band to take himself seriously, but I, I really do think that they were trying, they thought they were making a, like a Mad Max style movie.
0: They thought they had really latched on to something. It's, uh, it's bad. A variety in their review called the film, a quote, lethargic mess between its terror scenes, making it a test of patience for all, but the most fanatical horror cheapies. And I think that's, uh, be nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love a good horror cheapie.
0: Yeah, this is, there are, it's not exciting. It, it, I wanted it to be this fun discovery. And if like it's Stan Winston's worst work.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Stan fucking worst. Everyone's worst work. Yeah, I mean if you love, you know, scene after scene after scene of men badly throwing punches at each other (laughs) with, you know, poorly tying your Mm -hmm. noises. (laughs) This is the movie for you. That this is you're gonna love this. It's a feast. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're if you're a demi Moore completist.
0: This is uh it's gonna be a trial by fire. If you if you made a deal uh where you get a million dollars if you watch every Demi Moore movie, you're gonna be fine right up until mm-hmm. the point you see parasite. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be the one movie that's really going to try your patience. Uh she referred to it on a talk show a couple of years ago as the worst movie I've ever been in.
1: I'm sho- and- I'm shocked she was, you know, comfortable even talking about it. It's just
0: what, what would you talk about? Um, I can't, I can't believe because we're, listen, I think this is a fun show. I really enjoy talking to you about horror movies. We have a great time. Occasionally we find one of these grossos. That's a really great time. Like alley cat is a fucking fun movie to watch as rapey as it can be. It is a fun movie to watch her karate random assholes.
1: And stomp on their crotches.
0: (laughs) Just hold them by the ankles while they're on the ground and drive her heel right into their balls. And I stood up. From the couch I was watching it on and clap. That's how much fun I was having watching Alley Cat. Alley Cat is a, is Paris is the Oscar winning Parasite. Next to this film, I can't believe this is what we landed on for our sixth anniversary. It
1: was, but yeah, but it let let me emphasize again. This it was an accident.
0: <laughs> this was not our intention, but also it feels right. It kind of feels right, Gina. <laughs>
1: I do want to point out to people that this was the first movie, and you know, a lot of it had to do again with circumstances and last minute scheduling changes. Where we both watched the movie and then decided afterwards, it's like, "Yeah, we're not going to do an episode." On this. <laughs>
0: And then when we reached a crisis point where I would be leaving for over a week, we were like, we're going to need a movie here. And we'd already dropped a Patreon episode because fuck, we, we also do didn't parasite. have an episode a couple <laughs> weeks ago. We're like, fuck, I guess we're talking about Parasite.
1: Just the, just the uh, you know, you know that uh, uh, that emoji with like, this just the straight line for a mouth. That's like <laughs> just us discussing having to do Parasite.
0: It, uh, if I could rate Parasite on on Letterboxd with just an emoji, that would probably be it.
1: <laughs> it's not quite worthy of the the, the, the red face with the uh, bangs across its mouth, right. but it didn't make, it didn't make me angry. Like we we've seen some movies that just made me mad. This mm. didn't make me angry. This was just exhaustively boring.
0: Yeah, I I was really hoping that I was going to find something in it that that sparked my imagination or I was going to find a really great, as close to a fun performance as it gets, it's Tom Villiard, but he's barely in it and he's he's barely asked to do anything. It's just kind of
1: exists yeah he just brings his goofy energy to it which again you know if you're gonna you know have a group of actors playing you know post-apocalyptic thugs he wouldn't be mm-hmm. one of them so yeah. th- this is somewhat creative casting and again <laughs> i i'm being very generous creative
0: with a lot of asterisks attached yeah to it. The, uh, the footnotes under or around creative would be exhaustive um But, you know, we can't talk about a movie unless we choose your own death venture. And that is where we decide, of the deaths portrayed in Parasite 3D, if we were forced to die in one of these gruesome, boring ways, which one would it be and why? Up for debate. We have tossed about a room to death, uh, a 3D pipe to the gut, and you kind of bleed out in a less than thrilling uh, rejoinder. Uh you, you also get a, a snake bite to the face. Um handed after you found all that coffee. Uh that kind of sucks. Uh a parasite to the chesticle. Get sucked dry at a no tell motel, uh, parasite out your face, uh laser to the belly, parasite to the face, tossed off a second-story staircase into it into a gas tank, which you then conveniently put your body on top of <laughs> and then you're exploded to death so Gina <laughs> as always you go first
1: well I have had kidney stones so I think I can sure. I think I can imagine what having a, a parasite in, in your belly would feel like and I I, <laughs> I don't want that so sure. uh, I think I'm going to take the pretty simple uh, laser for the gut
0: yeah I, you know I don't like heights but I do like explosions. And as much as I don't like the parasite to the face or getting tossed off a second story, uh, loosely boarded staircase, uh, the explosion and the fire death are pretty fucking awesome. So as much as I don't like any of those elements, I kind of for in terms of like, what are you going to put on my post apocalyptic 1992 gravestone with a pyramid on top of it? I'm going with that one because (laughs) gravestones need pyramids. Of Uh, course. I guess
1: they're solar powered. (laughs) Possibly.
0: But why, why isn't anything else solar powered? (laughs) It's, it's just a clear plexiglass fucking pyramid. It's, It's mostly decorative in a movie in which they have, no decoration
1: yeah and of course uh uh, gasoline still exists in this post-apocalyptic universe when when you know perfectly well that'd be one of the first things to go
0: yeah
1: as as, and you can only
0: buy it with silver as Uh, exhibited forward to that
1: as exhibited in the mad max movies which are much better post-apocalyptic movies than this yes
0: uh yeah it was it was dire but you know what isn't dire What isn't dire is that I have been doing this podcast with you literally longer than six years because we, we worked out the kinks and never uh, unearthed those episodes, nor do I have the audio. So don't ask, (laughs) but we tried to figure out how could we talk about horror characters and what was the best way to do it. And I could not ask for a better partner in this endeavor than you. So I would thank you for uh, all your hard work and the many movies that I've made you watch for little gain, quite like Parasite 3D.
1: Well, technically also watching Parasite was my... In fact, I think I was the first one to suggest Parasite. You're so right. so I I must take the lion's share of the blame for that. No, but this it's is... It's a lot
0: more fun to discuss than watch. Yes. Let's put it that way.
1: Um, no, I, this has been a a wonderful ride. I look forward to hopefully another six years of this, uh, if we're not all dead by then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, this is this has been a, a a delight and one of the highlights of my life in the past six years.
0: Yes, I can't thank you enough uh, for being a part of this. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners, um, new and old. If you've been around since the beginning or you just found us the other day, we're thankful for all, all of you and and keeping us, you know, in the charts and. Um, for a tiny podcast with no network we have no horror site is sponsoring us um you know everything we've gained we've gained because of listeners like you so thank from the bottom of my of my heart thank you for listening to this very weird dumb show
1: and yes thank you thank you for for tuning into us every week and listening to our bullshit
0: Um, and thank to thank you to Josh Hollis, who has been doing our artwork for all six years and doing a great job of it. And uh thanks, of course, to Revenge Body. Uh, go to bandcamp.com slash revenge body to get our main theme and all of the remixes. It's great stuff, and you should own it and you should pay him because it's good stuff. Uh, and of course, rate and review us on any of your podcatchers, whether it's Spotify iTunes, Google, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Um I found a review the other day from I can't even remember which site which which referred to us as doing some kind of quote millennial bit. So that's a nice. Someone thought we were young. So I'm going to take it as a compliment.
1: Yeah, considering the birthday I'm hitting next next month, I am die pleased. If you <laughs> if you want to think that we are 15 to 20 years younger than we actually are, I will fucking take it
0: yes uh that's what we're aware of shitty films like parasite uh and uh please uh that's how we're seen and heard by more people it keeps us in the charts uh so wherever you can do that please do that tell your friends tell your neighbors tell your enemies to watch kill by kill i met somebody at a school function who had actually heard of the podcast
1: yes uh because my close my closest friend uh mentioned it in a uh class she was taking and somebody said, I listen to that podcast.
0: <laughs> Every time this happens, I'm fucking astounded. Oh, I know. It's
1: like you do, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you,
0: have you heard it? <laughs> like I enjoy doing it, but have you heard it? Um, but I, I think whatever this is, I'm very happy for it. And I cannot believe it has been six years. And as you said, I hope there's six more. Um, Gina, uh, where can people find you on these here internets?
1: I write about television and movies at thespool.net. Uh By the time this goes up, I will have reviewed the uh, eagerly awaited the black phone. Uh, oh yeah. So I am pretty looking forward to that. I think it looks cool. I hope the, I am not let down where they show all the best bits in the trailer. <laughs> uh, and I am on Twitter and Instagram under Gina does things.
0: Do it today. People check it out. Um, you know where our socials are on Twitter. Um, look for us on, on Patreon. Uh, we have some fun stuff. We're, we're watching all the Halloween movies that we refuse to talk about in our regular show format. We're just watching them and talking about them. And we're covering the Rob zombie Halloween's right now. Uh, at the end of this month, we will have the first one. And it was an interesting watch. Um, <laughs> was, L- little bleak, yeah, little we had bleak. A good conversation. Little bleak. Little bleak. Uh yeah. It's it's not my preferred Halloween, but also we wanted to uh judge it based on the merits of what it actually is. And um I would at least say it's more interesting by leaps and bounds than Parasite 3D. And of course Alley Cat. Like that is a that is a fun fucking movie, and it is a fun fucking conversation. Uh, you know, Patreon is where it's at. And uh, I, I know times can be tough, but uh, all it takes is $5. And you can keep this uh, podcast uh, free for everyone to listen to. And we appreciate everyone who is able to do that. Uh, but don't worry, folks. Okay. The body count will continue uh, for six years more, we think, uh, for myself and for Gina. Bye bye, everybody.
1: Bye.